It's Friday, May 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, right off the bat, uh, you know, some some shuffling, some movement, uh, a little bit in terms of uh, negotiations. If if we do get back to baseball at some point this summer, uh, there's there there have to be guys to to call the balls and strikes, and there's negotiating going on right now between the um, Major League Baseball uh, Umpires Association and uh, MLB, and you know the the league is looking to make uh, make cuts there in terms of salary uh, and. So far, they're they're meeting with a little resistance from the umpires. Yeah, that's always kind of a uh, a hot button uh, negotiation between the owners and the and uh, the umpires. Um, I know, you know, Joe. The, the umpires are like coaches; they get paid year round, so they've already received, you know, maybe thirty percent of their salary. <clears throat> and now, you know, I think they. Just from reading from what I've read, you know, they're more than willing to take a cut, but uh, you know, it's it depends how 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 much of a cut right now. They know they're going to have to take a cut, uh, but uh, you know, the, the differences, you know, the devil is in the details as usual, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see because you know, the I don't think the umpires' union is as powerful as as it was once was. No. And, you know, you've got some veteran guys in there who are making as much as, you know, 430 some thousand dollars uh, a year for their salaries. I think the, the minimum for Major League Baseball umpires salaries, 110000 a year is the is the, the minimum for the association. So, uh, you know, when those guys have a 35 percent reduction, that's that's a pretty big cut for for some of those guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to hurt a guy like a, a Joe West who's been doing it for, you know, a, a million years. And, you know, r- regardless of what you think of uh, his, his quality of, of officiating or umpiring, uh, it's still – that's what he's been in the league long enough to, to earn the right to make. And, you know, that, that's his salary. You're going to cut that by 35%. It's not going to impact him as drastically as it would, say, a guy who's in his first or second year uh, in the association. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, they, they get paid for spring training. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of details being ironed out, you know, if they do have, uh, if there is an exhibition season or a spring training season, uh, you know, how much do they get paid? Um, you know, there's, uh, I think, uh, they have a, uh, like, uh, the, the, um, the players get, uh, they have a per diem. Yeah. Right. Per, they get a per diem. Uh, they also have like, uh, the players get like, for the, for the baseball cards and merchandise, huh? you know, th- they get a cut. I, I forget what you call it, but, uh, you know, I think the, the umpires have a similar thing and that that's probably, you know, up for debate as well up for, you know, do, do they get all of that or, or what portion of that well, do they? Well, I know I have an Angel Hernandez rookie card that I could burn and, and you know, <laughs> it cost him a few dollars. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah, nobody has an Angel Hernandez rookie card. They don't even make umpire rookie cards. <laughs> I'm just being facetious however uh you know that per diem uh cutting that per diem might actually you know hurt a couple of guys uh it's about 500 bucks a day right isn't it i think a a day yeah yeah yeah. so i mean they they could get by i mean they got to they're supposedly pay their hotels out of that and and uh meal money uh you know so uh i would think uh you could get by you know you know 
but I mean, most of those guys are probably frequent flyer guys anyways. They're using right, their, right. their points. Well, so, uh, hey, they could just stay at the Comfort Inn with me up in Detroit when I go. I get that for <laughs> under a hundred bucks a night. That's that, that, and and you know you don't you get used to the sound of the uh, the, the gunshots in the air uh, in the evening. I I, I digress. Uh, boy, well, you know, I think Joe, the, the umpires, you know, they that's a tough, tough job. It's a lonely job. You, there's no home games. Uh, you get four weeks off during the season and you usually need it. Uh, you know, you get badgered from the fans, both teams, you know, nobody's your friend when you're an umpire. So whatever those guys make, they, they deserve. And and you got to wear body armor in 110 degree heat in, in Texas on a Saturday afternoon. That's, that's ridiculous. And they get beat up. They they get beat up. They get they get injured just like the players do. Yeah, I I I know uh, a lot of guys who work, uh, you know, just locally, uh, baseball umpires, and it's it's killing a lot of guys. You know, this this coronavirus shutdown and the epidemic has has wiped out all um, youth sports, all amateur sports. The the umpires and the officials, uh, basketball officials who would be doing uh, spring and summer basketball. Uh, you know, baseball has, should have been started, uh, you know, a month ago. And locally, these guys, they some of these guys rely on that extra income uh, for just to get by. And, and that's been all wiped out since, uh, you know, since games have been shut down and we've been, been ordered to stay inside. So uh, it's not just major league umpires who are hurting those guys. Those guys are the best of the best and they're making their the, the top dollar. But you talk about the guys who are doing it for, you know, 25, 35 bucks a game uh, at the local level. That's it. Yeah. It, it stinks for them too. All right. Uh, another uh, ongoing sort of uh, negotiation. The, uh, the, the players association, it was reported has turned down the latest proposal by the league to uh, modify the upcoming June draft. I guess the, the dates are still going to, it's still going to happen when it, when it's scheduled to happen, they'll just do it virtually. Um, but then the, the latest proposal looks like, uh, has been rejected and they'll go back to the, uh, the negotiating, you know, table on, on what's next for, for the draft. What, what have you been hearing about, uh, this, this latest from on the draft? Well, the, the agreement they reached, uh, the owners and players reached at the end of, uh, March, you know, said, uh, you know, MLB could, uh, cut the, uh, draft from anywhere from 40 to five rounds. Uh, you know, the, the draft is usually 40 rounds. So they could cut it to five rounds. And the idea being, you know, if, they, if, there's, if there's no people in the seats, if there's no games, you know, they're, they're not going to be paying. They don't want to pay, uh, you know, an 18-year-old kid two million bucks their first-round pick or maybe more than that. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, so uh, they wanted to be able to limit the, the, the amount of money they, they put out um, you know, for the draft. And if you, if you have five picks, you know, if you, it goes five rounds, you know, the slotting system is the same as last year. So the, you know, the team's uh, bonus pools would be the same. And, uh, you know, anybody who didn't get drafted uh, could sign, you, the teams could sign them for uh, $20,000. But I guess the things that the negotiations have changed a little bit, Joe. Right. And, I, I supposedly the proposal that was put forward this this initial offer was for at least a 10 round draft which you know would double that that minimum that they agreed to but it, it also and, and the slotting would have stayed the same 
for the first five rounds, but it, they would have looked in the last five rounds to sort of recoup some of that by by only paying minimums on and, and paying the, the bare minimum in terms of what they would be able to to get for those those draft picks that they that they took. And like yeah, they said, were gonna, what they were going to split the uh, the bonus pools on the the bottom five, right? And so if you, if you were, that's if your slot was one hundred twenty grand, they you would only have to pay sixty grand, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right. What you're saying? Yeah. That's what the proposal is, and that's what was turned down by by the uh, players' association, and also the uh, like the undrafted guys. You you could you would only have to be able to offer that that twenty thousand dollars signing bonus to uh, up to five guys, and then an unlimited number of guys you could sign for a bonus of five thousand dollars, which it's all just aimed at reducing the amount of money put out by the teams. And, and like you said, before we, we, we went uh, on the air, started recording here. Uh, it's almost like instituting some sort of salary cap, which is essentially what they're, they're trying to do. Yeah. There's, they're putting a salary cap on top of the salary cap <laughs> with uh, there, there's already a salary cap because of the slotting system in mm-hmm. the draft. And, you know, that's, that seems, that seemed fair to th- I think to both sides. Now the owners are are putting another cap on it, where if they they're saying you know we can, we're only going to pay you know our fifth through tenth round picks half of the 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 originally agreed slotting slotting right. bonus. So you know the and the players have fought against uh, salary caps for years. They've struck over it. I, they seem to have you know found some middle ground with the draft, but. Uh, I, you know, this is going to be, this is a bone of contention, obviously. I think uh, everybody wants to play the game. Everybody wants to get back on the field, you know, in, in the safest environment possible. But, you know, just to see both sides, you know, kicking the tires over money is not a good look for baseball right now. When when everybody in the, in the country is going through this, there's, you know, people are, there's record numbers of unemployment. People are, you know, Thousands of people are dying every day, and we've got guys fighting over meal money. Right, thirty. What is it? Uh, thirty million unemployment filings since uh, this pandemic hit, and and yeah, the the number of uh, U.S. deaths is uh, has surpassed the, the the number in the entire Vietnam War. I guess is 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 where we are with with the death toll in this. But you're right. Uh, both sides are uh, bickering over over money to, you know, what they're getting paid to play a, a game is, is kind of ridiculous to, to look at. Uh, is this something that can derail, you know, coming back, uh, the opportunity to come back and play games though? Is this, is this something that will get in the way or is this something that will right up until the, the time of the proposed draft, we'll be hearing about negotiations before they can get it, you know, hammered out. Yeah. I'm, I don't think it'll stop, you know, the teams from getting on the field. If, if, you know, they, they receive medical clearance, if, you know, there is a season, but uh, it is definitely something that's probably going to be, you know, it's going to be hammer and tong right up to uh, June, June 9th with the draft happening on June 10th, you know, something like that. It'll, it'll go down to uh, the bitter end like it usually does and who blinks first. Right. Uh, we, we heard a report this week that the Little League World Series uh, is uh, set to be canceled for the first time. And uh, I guess in, in the history of that uh, organization's, you know, no, there will be no games in Williams Park, especially when you're talking about bringing in kids from uh, around the country as well, because ha- half of that tournament is an international tournament. Uh, they've had teams from 
you know, as far away as Africa and Australia. Uh, but particularly you're talking about uh, teams like Japan and uh, tiny, uh, Chinese Taipei, you know, all, all that. Uh, those are going to be teams that, that are, are going to obviously miss out on the opportunity to play in Williamsport. Uh, also, there's a, a Major League Baseball game that's the last couple of years has been associated with Williamsport that they play in a, in a minor league stadium out there, um, assuming that, you know, however things get rearranged with, with scheduling, that they would probably eliminate that as well. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you hate to see that. And uh, <laughs> for, for kids to get to the, the Little League World Series in Williamsport, it's got to be a dream. And uh, just uh, really, you know, it's one of those – the byproducts of this thing, everything, you know, gets shifted around and hopefully those kids, you know, get another shot, you know, but geez, oh man, it's, it's tough. It's, that's a tough thing. Yeah. It's, it's, you're only 12 year old, 12, uh, you're only 12 years old once, unless you're, uh, <laughs> who's the kid, uh, the Danny Almonte, I think. Yeah. yeah. Danny Almonte. <laughs> you're only 12 years old once, unless you're Danny Almonte. So. And Almonte was married when he was pitching the little, league league, so. <laughs> it was shaving before every start. So. Uh, also the hall of fame ceremonies, uh, you know, bumped until next season. So, uh, what Derek Jeter and Larry Walker going into the hall of fame, uh, they will go in as the class of 2020, but they won't go in until 2021. So, uh, we, we wait to, to see them, uh, in, in Cooperstown. And really that was the only decision that could be made because the crowd that they were going to draw for, for Jeter alone would have been ridiculous and, you know, a, a whole nother mess in terms of trying to keep people socially distant in uh, a tiny little uh, uh, upstate New York town. Yeah, that's such a great event, too. Jeez, oh, man, that's that that for some reason that struck me more than, you know, the season being delayed, but no games being played. I, that really made an impact on me. Uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Nick Cafardo, who died, you know, in spring training, was going in. Uh, he was going to get the Spink Award this year. Right. And I was thinking about him, and uh, you know that really that kind of you know that drove it drove it home today. Uh, I mean, when I when I read about that yesterday, when I saw that they canceled the uh, ceremonies, and you know, like you said, it's it, it drives it home in terms of what you're what you're missing. But you know, just for the fact that they had been looking forward to this, I you know, Jeter and you know Yankees fans and and the Hall of Fame really had circled this season is it's six years after he retired. So you knew he was going in, you could actually like build towards this and plan for things like this. And now that that's going to be wiped out. Uh, uh, obviously, um, you know, a, a big, uh, sort of loss there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've been to the hall of fame, uh, once I took a tour, just, just being walking down that, the, the street there, Main Street in, uh, in in Cooperstown was just really it's 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 a different time. It's almost like uh, they they pushed the the pause button uh, on time, and you, you just you're sort of transported to a different place and time. And and it's really just uh, so nostalgic, just this sense that you get walking around there. Um, yeah, really unfortunate that that a lot of people won't be able to go down there uh, for the Hall of Fame induction this this year. But you know, Lord knows if you're inducting uh, multiple people uh, in 2021, uh, that, that ceremony is going to be ridiculously long. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess uh, um, 
uh, Kurt Schilling's probably the only guy. There's not in, the incoming guys in the in the 2021 class. There's no, you know, no, you know, lead pipe cinch. Kurt Schilling got 70 percent this past season, so he's got a real good shot at joining, you know, uh, uh, Larry Walker and 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 uh, Jeter, uh, and uh, you know Ted Simmons, and right. uh, and you know I think there's a couple other a couple other guys that that got, are getting in there. Right. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, dip into the mailbag here and uh, and see if we have any questions. Again, if you're uh, subscribed to Indian Subtext on Cleveland, through Cleveland.com, uh, you can. That's the exclusive way to to ask questions that get answered on our uh, on our podcast. Uh, you can go to Cleveland.com/slash/subtext or uh, send a text message to area code two one six two zero eight four three four six. And that's how you can sign up. It's three ninety nine a month, and you get uh, daily texts and the ability to to converse directly back and forth with Hoinsey and myself on all things Indians and Major League Baseball. Indian subtext. Uh, sign up today if you get a chance to. Uh, Hoinsey, what do you got in terms of uh, questions from our readers? Uh, this is from uh, Kent Kahn from uh, Lima. Um, if if it's baseball without fans in 2020 and 2021, what kind of economic impact might it have on the future free agent contracts in 2022? Uh, might Francisco Lindor wish he had signed for what the Indians previously offered him? Uh, I, I, yes, but no. Uh, would I, It would be devastating to those free agent contracts. But again, like we've talked about, regardless of what the the economy is or whatnot, those top free agents are still going to get their money. I think now would is Francisco Lindor looking at a three hundred million dollar contract like Manny Machado or Bryce Harper signed? Uh, it's before coronavirus, we were talking about four hundred million for for Lindor. Uh, that might not be a possibility now. Uh, but no, I don't think he regrets for an instant. Uh, turning down a five-year, $100 million offer. That's that's not a regret for him. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, that was that was back in 2017, uh, you know, and I think, uh, you know, he's he's a very confident guy. But I do think, you know, this 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 could flatten this market out. You know, the, uh, what happened, the, the financial losses that teams suffer this year. Uh, and the, the, the I guess the uh, 2020 you know, free agent market. Now, you know, uh, Lindor's not a free agent until after the 2021 season. Right. So they've still got a year left of control over him, but who knows what's going to happen, you know, once they start playing these games, if they do, and what happens at the end of this season, if there is a season. Well, I can tell you this, as the the question asks, and the the reader here submitted, uh, if there are no fans in the stands in 2021, that's – you're talking – major upheaval in terms of salaries because the the players are going to be asked again to to give back or 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 take some sort of reduction uh in in their salaries i think there's no way that the the owners are going to be able to to afford um you know playing a full season and paying a full season's worth of games to to these players the salaries that they have if, if they're not generating any anything from the gate and uh, we've got one from Tim Kewen from uh, Chesterland, Joe. He goes, uh, you know, I understand about 
players receiving service time uh, this season, even if there isn't a season. But what about player options? Does the agreement mean all players with one option left to go into uh, going, you know, into uh, going into 2021? Are those options used up? Um, if that's the case, will we see uh, many young players changing teams? You know, Joe, I've been I've been talking to some people about this, and uh, it's kind of no one really knows. It's uncharted territory right now. The, uh, it hasn't been decided. You know, they have decided on. You know, if there is no season, a player is going to get the same kind of service time he he earned uh, in in 2019 last year. Mm-hmm. As for options, you know, if a guy has been already optioned down, like you know Zimmer, Plesac, Plesac as Savali, you know Rodriguez. Um, I don't think Rodriguez was optioned, but uh, but those guys now. You know, except for Zimmer, you know, Plesak and and Savali have more than one option left, so I don't think it would affect him. But I think, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Zimmer has one option left, so it may affect him. Right. But and, I, and and the Indians sort of sort of were thinking ahead in that regard when they optioned a bunch of guys to to AAA uh, back like like March 19th, I believe, uh, like a week after spring training games were stopped, they they optioned a bunch of guys. And that was with an eye towards sort of manipulating that service time. If, yeah, I, I'm mistaken. Zimmer's got two options left, so he right. would not be affected. But you know, you could, you know, you could conceivably, if if you know, if the option counts and there's no season played, you know, let's say a, a guy is on the forty man, he has or is on, or is on the, yeah, is on the forty man, and he doesn't get option down, you know, because I think the Indians really still have like forty five players in camp. Mm-hmm. Counting, uh, you know, eight, seven or eight uh, non-roster guys. A couple of those are like backup catchers and stuff like that. Yeah, but. and you could lose. Maybe, maybe that that would count as an option. And you'd, uh, you know, you could be a, a free agent after after the season, even though you didn't, you know, see a pitch or, or play a game, or there wasn't a game played. So we'll have to see how that goes. Hey, you're talking about a, a guy like a, an Adam Plutko, who. Uh, you know they they obviously are going to want on on the roster, but if they had no recourse but to option him, uh, you know they he's out of options, I believe. So you, yeah, he's out of options. So, he's, so you, you you would expose him, to put and that him on be, waivers. Yeah, you'd have to put him on waivers. Yeah, exposing him to waivers would would not be a good thing because there are teams out there that would take him instantly. Yeah. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with, with one more, if you got one more question. Uh, this is from uh, Wright Parks from Twins, Twinsburg. It goes, according to ESPN, the newest trend in defensive strategy is the four-man outfield. Has Terry Francona considered using it? I, I, I don't know. I, I know we've seen a four-man outfield used against Jose Ramirez, but I don't know if we've seen the Indians use a four-man outfield uh, yet. I mean, where where the second baseman was playing for most of the year last year could be considered a, an outfield position almost uh, with with the shift. Uh, Kipnis, they had him pretty much in short right field the entire time um, against a, a power-hitting lefty. Uh, we saw it in uh, in a game in Seattle when, uh, when Jay Bruce was at the plate. Kipnis was, uh, you know, way towards the line and way deep in left field, and Jose Ramirez was playing shortstop. Uh, 
so yeah, I, I don't think Francona has has employed that. Uh, if he, if he has, uh, it was a game that I didn't see. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, Joe, they uh, um, the Twins used it against Ramirez last year, and uh, I believe the Reds used it in spring training against Ramirez. Um, I'm, I think last last spring, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, you know, I figured I'm I'm thinking this way. Uh, Francona had ten outfielders in camp this this spring, and he and he he never used a four man outfield. So I don't think Tito's going to use a four man outfield. Well, but, and like well, you said, the second baseman is playing a rover position anyways half the time. So you you'd have a five man outfield, right? When you think about it, though, some of those ten outfielders that that Tito has, you might want a fourth outfielder out there on the. Uh, <laughs> you got Framil Reyes, and you've got Domingo Santana, who who aren't necessarily the fleetest of foot. Uh, however, you go the other direction. If you could put Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, and uh, Delano DeShields out in the same outfield, that's like having a four man outfield. You can cover some ground with those three guys. That's basically Definitely. three three. That's three center fielders with, you know, top speed in, in the league. Uh, who, who would you put in center of that group? If you, you'd have to put the Shields in center, right? Yeah, I'd put the Shields in center. I'd, if, if I knew Zimmer was healthy, I might put him in there. If he was, if he was you know, the Zimmer from three years, two and a half years ago. Right. But, uh, yeah, the Shields can go get it, man. Right. I, 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 I haven't yet seen the Shields arm enough to know what you've got there, but uh, if, if it's me, I'm putting DeShields in center, Mercado in left, and Zimmer in right. Yeah. Because if, if Zimmer is even close to where he was in 2017, you know, in, in center field, he had he had one of the best arms in the league oh in center God. field. But, you know, shoulder, shoulder surgeries, uh, yeah. you know, it, it probably taken a little bit of a toll there. That's why I thought – you know, coming back, if Zimmer could make it all the way back and be be back in and consistent, uh, you'd see him in maybe in left field where the throw's a little shorter. Yeah, yeah. Because of the arm. Hey, Joe, what do you think about I, – I read a story today uh, from Nightingale about maybe teams holding their spring training in their their, their big league ballparks. I, I so you'd be playing inter squad games the entire time. That I guess, that, or or you know, you, I was thinking about this. You know, okay, let's say you, you want to play the Tigers. You know, you meet halfway in, in Toledo and play where the Mud Hens play. You know, play the exit, bus up, bus back. That's not know? that's that's not entirely a, a terrible idea. It, I mean, it's a terrible idea, but it's I could see them doing it. You Same could, thing. You with, could do it. You could do it. The Reds too. Meet in Columbus. Play in know? Huntington. And then you could you could even do it with uh, you if you if you really wanted to get creative you could do it with Pittsburgh and meet yeah. them in in uh, um, Mahoning Valley. Mahoning Valley, that's it. it. Well, you know, before they completely shut the scrappers down, it. But who knows? Is is there anybody even at those minor league parks right now keeping up the fields and getting them ready yeah. to be played on? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so how would you work that? You'd work. You do maybe uh, two inner squad games a week, and then one or two, uh, you know, get on the road and go meet out there. And, and I, you know, I don't know, you know, or maybe you maybe you would uh, you could bring your minor leaguers in at, at Lake County and Akron and Columbus, and they could work out, and then you could bus them up and play games. But, that, but what are, what about teams that that where the minor league? Yeah. You know, Hell, you talk about uh, the Dodgers. Don't they have 
teams in Texas and stuff? Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, that, that would <laughs> – I mean, you know, some teams have their minor league clubs scattered all over the country, so that's not going to work. But the Indians are kind of in a, an interesting situation if that's the case. I'm just wondering how many players you bring to spring training. You only got one field, mm-hmm. and, you know. Right. You know, Brandon Kenke is going to have a heart attack. God, yeah. Well, I mean, does that mean does that mean that the Indians are practicing at, you know, a local co- at Baldwin Wallace or something like that? Half of their half of their practices takes place at Baldwin yeah. Wallace, and it, who knows? I just wow. No, they'd have to go to like Lake County. They they would have to if they were yeah. splitting up. They would have to go to Lake County. There's no way yeah, they that could makes do sense. It. That would that, that would, they could do that. But who wow. knows that. That's going to be interesting. Well, when I first read that, and I, I thought, wow, well, Nightingale's, you know, throwing another crazy idea out there, and who knows. But then he, he cited, like, four major league executives who said that they're, that they're you know, sort of uh, on board with this idea and, and preparing for this to be the reality. Yeah, I, and you I, think about it. You know, when you when you go to Arizona, those, you got to find living quarters for, what, mm-hmm. 40, 50, 60 players for – what three weeks? I mean, right. if you're if you're gonna if you're not gonna play the season there, and the, and you're coming back to Cleveland, I, I you know so yeah, everybody's got a, their places here in Cleveland ready. Uh, so I don't know. It it would be interesting. It, 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 All right. Well, as we get ready for uh, more of this information to sort of roll out and uh, you know more insight on on what a potential season could look like, we'll uh, stay with it here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, uh, Paul. Look forward to next week. Hopefully we'll, we'll get in touch with uh, a few more players and, and maybe get a, a couple more special guests on. Uh, but, again, take care this weekend, and we'll talk to you again on uh, next week's show. Thanks, Joe.